Hey everyone, welcome back to Navigating Netflix Originals. As always, I'm Madison, and as always, I'm joined by Jamie. That is me. It is. It <laughs> is very consistently you. Always. <laughs> um, so today we are going to be discussing a Netflix original film called The Dig. Mm-hmm. And it has guest stars, one of Jamie's favorite singers slash actors yes slash slash actor yeah slash actor the one and only johnny flynn playing rory lomax yes and i think that is the main reason that we watched this film (laughs) it's honestly (laughs) yeah it's honestly the the only reason i knew about it coming out (laughs) is because i saw that someone had posted on twitter or something i can't remember he was going to be in it and and he is um less so than i think we were both anticipating initially yes. but he <laughs> but um anyways what did you you've seen the film twice now so what what are your impressions of of how good this film is good enough to watch twice yeah so i mean just to give the little snippet this is basically oh, yeah. like a historical fiction based on the discovery of the sutton who ship burial mound thing um, with uh, based loosely on what happened at that time. So it has real some real people in it, but as we learned, people like Rory Lomax are not real. Um, right. But uh, it's definitely a drama. I I did watch it twice, and I enjoyed it both times. And I got yeah. a little teary-eyed both times. <laughs> and um, no, I, I really liked it. I think it's really... I enjoy the visual aspect of it as well it's just like so beautiful and i don't know what that style of cinematography is but it's like it's rather it's like dark but crisp but yeah muted in a way yes and it has like um i don't know what the word for this is clearly we we both need to study film more <laughs> but like we're it's this the shots are like you can tell the person is like holding the camera in their hands. It's not like a perfectly still shot. You know, right. there's there's movement with the camera where somebody is following the actors around. Um, yeah. And I think it just gives a whole different feel to it. Like when you're watching it, you almost feel like you're more there. You can like walking across the field with this person as the yeah. camera moves with them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed it as well. I was a little afraid afraid to begin with that it was going to be boring (laughs) because it is kind of a slow movie yeah um but i think like artistically it's it remains enjoyable even though the story is slow yeah i would agree i would agree and it's Uh, it's it's got enough like it does have enough drama to keep you interested it's true that some of the drama doesn't really come about until like half an hour into the movie at least and yeah. then it's sort of there's more things happening versus just the beginning thirty minutes, which is really just Basil Brown digging in the dirt. <laughs> it really is, and that was when I was concerned. It was <laughs> I was like, "Oh dear, this is a lot of dirt and digging, and and it's very slow." Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it gets more enjoyable after after he's dug and has found his treasure. It does. So, I would be I, I kind of did a little digging in term into the characters slash people um so i like found the, like 
actual history of the real people. Yeah, and it's unfortunate that there's not a ton of information <laughs> that's presented or that I can okay. find. But it's interesting that um, one major thing is that Peggy, um, uh, Peggy, Peggy Piggott, uh, she is was, you know, one of the real people. And it's actually her nephew, uh, John Preston, who wrote the historical novel that the, the oh. film is based on. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, she, Peggy in real life, um, does end up becoming someone very well known in archaeology and, you know, is attributed with a bunch of different discoveries and, and techniques and stuff. So she's very well known, apparently, in the archaeology circles, uh, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, did, I did find out, though, that, um, you know, one of the main th- dramatic elements of this series in regard series of this film in regards to Peggy is the situation with her husband and her yeah. Stuart and then Rory ultimately as well. Um, I guess in in real life, there's like no indication whatsoever to assume that Stuart was attracted to men and was kind of right. just with Peggy like by default. <laughs> right. Um, and apparently their marriage also lasted much longer than like three weeks or whatever it's claimed to be in this <laughs> in this well, film. Yeah, and I just Googled her myself and it's saying that they're they yeah, they divorced in 1956. I don't know when they got married. I think but they, yeah, I think they did get married in either 38 or 39. And this film oh. is set in 39. Yeah. Okay, so they're like newlyweds then. Mm-hmm. And I think they make a point of at one point saying something like, oh, she, oh yeah, Peggy didn't have any appropriate clothing because they'd just gotten back from their honeymoon, I think. Oh yeah, okay. I thought I thought she said like holiday, but I guess I didn't realize it was supposed to be their honeymoon. Oh, maybe it was just holiday. Very in love. <laughs> they definitely do, and it, it's kind of yeah. It's we have those scenes where like she's you know waiting to be walked in on essentially in the bath it seems, and then he's just <laughs> disgusted. I know. It's like come on, dude. <laughs> it's like oh, Peg. Oh yeah, I felt bad for her. She was really trying. Yeah. But uh, I wanted Rory to be real <laughs> I know like his character in, in especially like with like his relationship with Peggy is so adorable yeah. <laughs> and sad because he's like going off to war too um yeah and they make a point of having a scene where an RAF soldier crashes I, his plane into the into, into the, their pond into their <laughs> pond slash river or whatever it is and yeah. drowns yeah not very uh, positive. Uh, Not a good omen for no. somebody who's about to go off to war in the RAF. <laughs> but it's going to be okay because, you know what, he has her lucky coin. That's true. And, you know, because he's fictional and doesn't have an ending in the movie, we can make up any ending we want for him. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I say he is fine because, you know, clearly shortly after the turning of this film, or, you know, the time frame of this film, um, Mrs. Pretty is going to be dead. So he needs to come back and take care of Robert. Or Robert can just go live with the Browns. He could do that, yeah. <laughs> with all of his wealth. <laughs> <laughs> all of it. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's that. The ending, though, like before she dies and like um, In the her... Ship. 
Yes, oh. with like her son taking her down there. That was so beautiful. <laughs> it was, it was. I was, that's one of the scenes where I was just like, you know, in tears because it's so yeah. touching. And it and that was, yeah. It was it, really like well shot too. Oh, yeah. And it shows like, and well written because it shows like such a level of maturity of Robert. Because, you know, throughout the film, it's made, well, at first he's, he's very much presented as this, like, happy-go-lucky kid of, like, seven, which, you know, I think, or I don't know, I don't know exactly what age he is, but he seems pretty young. <laughs> right. And, um, you know, slowly it's kind of made clear that he is, because of the situation, he's, you know, sort of growing up faster than maybe other kids, and he's very much aware of the fact that his mom is going to be is going to die soon and that Rory could possibly die soon. Right. And so he puts together that whole sort of send off, which is so sad. Yeah, it is. And so like her illness, I'm not sure that I buy it. (laughs) (laughs) Like they, they mentioned that like whatever her element is, is like her heart is weakened because she had scarlet fever. Yeah as a kid which definitely can happen it's how like the reason that my mom's mom died um was because she had a scarlet fever that turned into rheumatic fever and damaged her heart when she was really young um Mm -hmm. and then she died like she died when she was like 52 i think then Mm -hmm. before i was born um and and but my point is like she like edith is is young was clearly healthy. Um, I just don't know that I buy that it would have damaged her heart enough that she would have just dropped dead. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, but maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Because my like my grandmother was very overweight and unhealthy, mm. and the doctors like always told her like you can live with this if you would you know change your lifestyle habits. It doesn't have to be a death sentence kind of thing. Gotcha. Um, so that's why I guess I don't know that I buy it entirely, but. You know, maybe it is possible that it could have happened that way. Yeah, I think the yeah the only thing that we get in a you know additional information we get about her is that she's her like country doctor basically tells her that she needs to be careful and not worry so much <laughs> because that's putting stress on her heart and stuff. But that's also something I think they said a lot, and I, I th- there is yeah. something to obviously stress can be very negative for your health, but I don't know if it's yeah because she must have been like thirty. She met her, the person she would marry at 17, waited 13 years. And then <laughs> as soon as she had a kid, he died. And the kid must be seven. So she's like 37 at the most. Yeah, so 38 right in that age range. Yeah. And I don't know if the real no. Edith Pretty died that young. I didn't look up <laughs> Edith Pretty, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did not either. I was more interested in, in Peggy and Rory. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the, the fictional storyline, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, it, I guess it, it is possible probably that, you know, maybe she had some other underlying health conditions too, that yeah. would have, you know, just caused that. It just seems young and she seems healthy, you know, enough that she shouldn't be dying quite that young from, from that, you right. know? Yeah. But just the stress maybe of looking after her father forever and then him dying and then her husband dying and I, I do like, dying. I think the whole. The, the small like country doctor too just like the idea that they their answer to a lot of 
things that um, women would claim they would yeah. were having issues was just like, oh, you're stressed and worrying too much. Just you know, calm down and stop being so more you know high strung. <laughs> hysterical something so hysterical and you'll be fine and that was like their go-to treatment for women back in the day too so perhaps if she'd had some decent treatment earlier on right it could have you know maybe wouldn't have escalated to the point that it was maybe it was the doctor's fault (laughs) yeah i mean she did the right thing though and this is a lesson for everyone that if you're if your doctor your primary care physician doesn't really listen to you when you are concerned that go to a go seek treatment (laughs) or a second opinion at least from someone else yes yeah she goes into london then to to see a real doctor and have some actual tests done and it turns out you know that she's dying and you know worrying about it's not changing the situation (laughs) yeah poor edith poor edith pretty Pretty, indeed i wonder if her name was actually pretty like this seems like a really strange last name (laughs) i think everyone in this and i mean it is in england obviously but i don't know if the names could have gotten any more english in this (laughs) (laughs) yeah like (laughs) margaret piggott um basil (laughs) brown you know margaret her name was peggy (laughs) yes she was very upset that stewart kept calling her margaret her her name in real life was Margaret though. Like it must be she uses Peggy as like an Alice uh alias or something for archaeology. Yeah. Did you know? Well Peggy I think is a somehow a nickname for Margaret. I don't know how, but <laughs> I no. think it is a regular one. <laughs> they don't even have any of the same letters. I no, I know. Sure. I think it's I, I know it's I think it's one of those strange nicknames that are short names somehow that like kind of how with Richard you get Dick. It's like very roundabout somehow. I don't know. Well, cause see, this says, um, um, Celia Margaret Judio, also known as Peggy Piggott uh-huh. was an English archeologist, prehistorian, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So it seems like Peggy Piggott is like just a nickname or an well, Piggott was Stewart's last name, her first husband. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe she just enjoyed the alliteration. Piggy, Maybe. Piggy. <laughs> she you changed have to have Piggy as a last name, and, like at least make it fun. <laughs> right. Maybe she was originally called Maggie, and she was like, "Nope, now I'm going to be Peggy Piggy." Peggy <laughs> with an A. <laughs> Peggy. <Paggy>. Anyway. <laughs> but yeah. I get that British accent in there a little bit. Yeah. Peggy. Peggy. Anyway, <laughs> but um, yeah, I like that. I I like that in the in the movie they reach a point where she well, thanks to a number of factors, but she sees the photos of you know uh, that Rory took in pretty much every photo is either of him or Edith or him of her or Edith, and yes. uh, then she, you know, Edith is kind of like, I spent a lot of my life, you know, letting chances go by. It's time for you yeah. to take advantage of this one seize the moment girl and And she she does indeed (laughs) seize his moment she seizes yeah all his moments and uh it seems like stewart seizes the moments of his own okay so let's talk about how rory just like shows back up there at the end for peggy to to seize like what is he doing there like he got shipped off (laughs) 
<laughs> well, he was going to get his physical first, I think, or his health appointment, and then he was going to be shipped off. But, oh, okay. He hadn't actually officially left yet. He yeah. Had time for one last quickie before and we he saw, left. Yeah, and we saw that um, when when Edith went to go visit her husband's grave, it was apparently the RAF training camp is like next door because, you know, mm-hmm. they drove and all the soldiers were there and stuff. <clears throat> So yeah, I'm guessing he was just like the next town over, or he was probably in Ipswich or something, and then um, oh, yeah. popped on Ipswich. by. <laughs> oh yeah, he just like instead of just taking that one bag with his tent with him to the physical, he just leaves it in the middle of the woods so he can come back for it on the hopes that maybe Peggy will be waiting there for him. It is very <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I like. She- yeah i like how the yeah they just meet like there randomly instead of him just stopping by the house to be like is peg around where is she (laughs) (laughs) looking for peggy (laughs) but but but, yeah it was a cute storyline though i'm glad that they even though he was a fictional character i'm glad that they included it because it did make his like the their storyline a lot more interesting and dynamic (laughs) yeah did you what did you think of, or what were your sort of, um, what was your understanding of yeah. the relationship between Edith and Basil Brown? Well, I, I definitely thought at first, before I found out that she was going to die instead, that like there was going to be something there, you yeah. know? Um, and then we find out, of course, that he's married, but... Yeah. Um, whether or not he's happily married is uh, questionable. <laughs> like, it seems like maybe he could be, um, but at the same time that maybe he's not. See, I don't know. It's, I agree. <laughs> I, like a, a decent amount older than her, too, I believe. I mean, especially if she was only 37. He 37. seems to at least be 50-something. Right. But, you know, I mean, that's not unheard of. But. And he seems to be, like, married... Um, but like in a situation where probably they weren't able to have children um, because he seems yeah. kind of like it was hard for him to answer the question that, you know, do you have kids? It was a hard kind of no yeah. um, to say. So probably they weren't able to have children and, and he really liked Robert. Um, so, you know, that or sorry. Yeah. Robert, yeah, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was his name. Um, yeah. So I think that was also like a draw for him, like the the idea of having a, a son kind of thing, or even if it was just a stepson kind of thing. Um, I don't know. What did you think of it? So my yeah, my initial thought, and I think I don't know if it's the way that they they intentionally set it up, but you know it it does make it seem like they're you know after he is almost almost dies from the cave in. Um, there's like a connection between them and it seems like she's falling for him because she's like inviting him to dinner and then seems to be really upset when his wife shows up because she didn't know he had a wife you know right and you know then they kind of get over it but i don't know as we continue and as you say it's kind of it's tough to gauge like what the relationship between may and basil was supposed to be in the movie because at first i was like my the first time i watched it my assumption honestly was oh they're framing it like that's his wife because it's just a woman with his last name who's visiting him but i was like watch it end up being his sister or something because they don't even like 
have any affection toward like physical affection toward each other at all um but it turns out that is it is his wife but it's also like i think the way that basil brown is i think in some regard in the movie we're meant to see him as sort of maybe not someone who can like pick up on those kind of cues like romantic cues so like maybe she was feeling something but he was just like oh yeah i'd love to come to dinner that'd be nice because you know we're chatting and we're friends like sure right yeah yeah it's not like he you know sneaks away from his wife to go have dinner with her behind her back or something he just cancels it because he's like oh my wife is here (laughs) right it definitely yeah it kind of he almost seems like to him romance is completely secondary to his work you know the idea of being able to excavate this site is priority over his wife and over Edith. (laughs) that his work comes first in all regards but, um, and I, I think maybe that's why we feel distance between him and his wife is that there is some resentment from her that he always prioritizes his work over her kind of thing that he yeah. won't even read the letters that she sends him because he's too tired because he stays out too late digging kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and I, I definitely think there was like Edith was interested, but that kind of ends after she finds out he's married. Yeah. For sure. And just to like tag on something about um, his relationship with Robert, because, you know, it's made very clear that like from the beginning, his Edith is kind of like, oh, and, you know, Robert's kind of interested in helping you out. But if if he's too annoying, I understand or whatever. And, And he's like, no, he's of course he can come. I think that I read something on the wiki, his Wikipedia page that that was something that he did on excavation sites was invite the local like youngsters around so that they can learn probably in the same way he learned, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I don't know if that is some sort of, um, I didn't look up to see like if it explains if they couldn't have children or if whatever, he had a child that died when it was young or whatever. But, you know, that could be some sort of way of filling that void of like no no children, just like trying to share your passion with, you know, the younger generation. I think it's 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 very probable that after Robert's mother dies, um, like Robert might end up, if not like he might not end up living with the Browns, but like maybe certainly like apprenticing with um, mm. with like Basil Brown once he's old enough, kind of thing, yeah. um, and then learning you know the skill of excavation from from Basil or Basil Basil, oh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which is a delicious herb. Yeah. <laughs> And yep. a very weird name. <laughs> it's very, it's very British, Basil. Is it? Mm-hmm. Is it like a common British name? Not common, but in the maybe in the in the 30s, yes, but not no. anymore. I don't think Basil. I, wanna, I want to get a dog and name it Basil. You should. Basil. Come here, Basil. <laughs> Basil Brown. Basil Brown. Oh, <laughs> that would be cute. Anyways. <laughs> let me uh, let me sink a little bit into longing to have a pet yeah seriously (laughs) but yeah so i mean that's i guess we can talk about the actual dig at all but it was (laughs) i didn't yeah they they dug up some ship it was great yeah they dug up a ship it's from the sixth century it was a rare find changed archaeology and the understanding of the yeah of the anglo-saxons but it's um 
I don't know. It, it, it does it does remind me like the first job I ever wanted to have was to be an archaeologist when I was young. Oh, I so I was like, oh, <laughs> that'd be cool. But, you know. Look at the amount of work he had to put in, like just physical labor, though. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. Like, that would be intense to have to do that. No do you worry. really want that job? I mean, I think it could be fun kind of, you know, discovering things that have been hidden for thousands, hundreds of years, maybe a thousand years, depending. See, I think it's fun to learn about them after somebody else has gone through all the effort of digging them up and cleaning them and you know, making a video about it. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know that I would want to be out in the field doing the actual digging. But That's fair. <laughs> maybe I'm just lazier than you are <laughs> <laughs> i mean i don't know maybe if i spent a week doing it i would think differently you know maybe <laughs> <laughs> you'd have to spend a lot more than a week doing it though in order to actually accomplish anything <laughs> true <laughs> but anyway um, yeah it was overall a very interest like a very like artistically interesting movie to watch it does yeah. move at a slow pace so be prepared for that definitely i guess the last thing in terms of content that I'll say is that I, I liked that they added the bit at the end in text to tell us that, like, you know, all throughout the film, one of the things that Basil Brown is worried about is the fact that, you know, especially after the British Museum came in and took control, is that his name's going to be ripped, you know, wiped off the slate and they're never going to know that he had anything to do with it. And, when he was the one who discovered it, yeah. Yeah, and, and, the, and I like, they play a lot with, like giving credit to people because he, when they first discovered the iron rivet from the ship, he was like, that's Jacobs. Let it be known that Jacobs is the one who discovered the ship because he right. found it, you know? And later on at the party, she gives him the credit and, and she kind of ignores everyone else on the dick site. She's just like, <laughs> Basil Brown, you know, is the one who excavated this and discovered the the ship. Well, he was. He did it by himself, you know, with just his two co-workers there to yeah. begin with before anybody else showed up. Yeah. <laughs> it was already discovered by the time they arrived. Yeah. And then it's, of course, <laughs> sad that one of her seemingly dying wishes in the movie, at least, is, you know, she's going to gift all of the the treasure to treasure, the treasure to, <laughs> the treasure. Um, to the British Museum and you know, with the caveat that he gets, you know, his name credit. is brought up and he gets credit for it. And yet in real life, he did not get credit for it until like the late 20 teens, essentially. Right. By which point I'm sure he was dead. <laughs> oh yeah. I think he died in like 83 or something, yeah. or maybe 70 something. I can't it, remember. But yeah, basically by the time they're willing to give him credit or, you know, probably Peggy Piggott any credit on it. Um, like everybody is dead. The people who got the original credit are dead. The people who should have gotten the original credit are dead. <laughs> like yeah. it doesn't matter anymore who's getting the credit. So it's just kind of sad the way that that ends is that, you know, he died thinking that nobody knew covered this kind of thing. Yeah, definitely. But that's... That's life. That's life, man. <laughs> but uh, do you have any quotes you'd like to share? I do. I have um, one kind of funny one and then four kind of serious. I wonder if he wrote the same funny one down. <laughs> Maybe. Do you ahead. want me to go? Yeah. I'll say. All right. It's Edith talking. And she oh. says, 
it's uh, no no <laughs> so it's like when they're um first out looking at the mounds she just says apparently local girls used to lie down on them in the hope of falling pregnant yeah <laughs> like, um that's not how pregnancy works <laughs> <laughs> i guess it was it must have been like uh old wives tale because those were you know mounds fertility mounds go and lay upon them (laughs) yeah (laughs) um i the one the funny one that i had uh happened not shortly after that when one of the workers i think it might have been mr whoever i can't remember his name says uh you ask me the man should leave mrs pretty's mounds alone (laughs) i almost wrote that one down too All right, and then I have when Basil says, we all fail every day. There are some things we just can't succeed at, no matter how hard we try. Yeah, it is true. It is true. Mm-hmm. Um, I like um, this little exchange, maybe you'd written it down too, but the exchange between um, Edith and Basil in the car, when she s- breaks down and she's just like, we die, we die and we decay, we don't live on. And he says, I'm not sure I agree. From the first human handprint on a cave wall, we're part of something continuous. So we don't really die. Yeah. I wrote down part of that quote, the the ending part. Mm. Yeah. Um, I also wrote down when Edith says, life is very fleeting. I've learned that. It has moments you should seize. Yeah. Indeed. I guess yeah. for some reason I wrote this one down, even though. I don't know that it's necessary, but I, <laughs> I just, it really, it really, it's the moment basically that Edith reveals to Rory that she's dying without saying she's dying. Cause yeah. she says, you know, Rory, I am telling you in no uncertain terms that you cannot possibly die. Robert is going to need you. Yeah. It's like, oh, and he's just like, um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, 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 this one down too um it's when rory first arrives and he's talking with basil he says he's talking about like how edith had had called him up and he's like i pointed at my general lack of skill but she was undeterred (laughs) (laughs) Uh, the last one i have is uh when edith and basil are in the not tent but that wagon thing and talking mm-hmm. about their education, and he says, a little education is a dangerous thing. Oh. oh. That was all my quotes, too. That's all mine. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, yes, overall, would recommend. Yeah. I think, it, and, you know, you have the benefit of knowing that after you've watched it, you've also learned something about history. <laughs> Indeed. Yes, you have. But yeah. A little bit of school mixed in with your enjoyment. <laughs> exactly. What we all like <laughs> and want. What we all, you know, aim for in life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, if you decided to watch The Dig, you can let us know what you thought over on Twitter at NNO Podcast. Or if you have thoughts about what you would like us to watch in the future, you can send them to me at navigatingnetflixoriginals at gmail.com. There you go. All right. All right. Until next time, then. Yep. Bye. Bye.